0: Hello and welcome to episode 34 of the NFL Scotland podcast. The regular season is done and now it's on to the playoff, starting with the wildcard weekend. My name is Cameron Hobbs.
1: And my name is Paul Mitchell. We turn our attention now to the final few weekends as we work our way towards Super Bowl
0: 53. We'll kick it all off by looking ahead to this week's four matches and give our thoughts on who we think will win each.
1: And we'll round things off with some of the news items which caught our attention this week, include some more information about our next live event in Edinburgh on Sunday the 20th of January.
0: So we kick things off then by looking ahead to wildcard weekend, and we'll start first of all, with the 10 and six Indianapolis Colts at the 11 and five Houston Texans. This obviously is a divisional game. Paul, just to set the scene, the Indianapolis Colts lead the series between these two sides, 26 to 8. So it's been quite comprehensive. In the season, though, it's one and one. Both teams winning on the road. Both games settled by just three points. One of those went to overtime. This is a thrilling game. Obviously divisional as well. And it could really go either way.
1: We've got good news, because I think it's going to be a great game. We've got some bad news as well, uh, that it's going to be called by the Monday Night Football team. Oh. Um, so so that that is bad news. Joe Tessitori, uh, Booger McFarland, but the Boogie Mobile is uh, on the sidelines. It's, it's been it's benched. Dacker. It's been benched, <laughs> uh, not before time, so Booger doesn't have his big machine. So the people who pay all this, it costs you a lot of money to sit down by these sidelines and to have that guy running about in this, truck is just insane so he's gone Jason Whitney be there so that's the downside on the plus side I think you're right this is a fascinating game and already we've had the trash talk T.Y. Hilton has already called the NRG Stadium his second home because he always plays well there I love that kind of thing
0: yeah and and he did play well there as well you know they came into that game at, at Houston went in and won and um, Hilton was playing with a bit of a dodgy ankle as well and had an absolutely brilliant game. He was instrumental in it. But, you know, Andrew Luck is as important to this as anybody. There's lots of chat, actually, on both of these teams about Comeback Player of the Year. Names that are coming up are Andrew Luck and JJ Watt. And actually, those are the two players that I think are going to be most instrumental in determining the outcome of this game because Luck is back and he's back to his best, which is great to see. If the Texans have got any chance of slowing them down, they need JJ Watt to be on form. They need JJ Watt to get through what's been an impressive Colts all line this season and actually get to Andrew Luck because if he gets time and he can find his man, you know he's got Hilton, he's got Ebron, who's playing well as well. And uh, to be fair, Andrew Luck has a habit of making other receivers look good, and um, the Texans could be in trouble.
1: I was watching the broadcast last week of the Colts beating the Titans, and one of the things that came up on the screen was the fact that the the line that guards Andrew Luck are all round one and round two picks. They're the highest group of picks playing together currently in the NFL. So they have put their money where their mouth is and said, look, we've got our quarterback. We need to protect him. And I mean, Quentin Nelson's been phenomenal as a rookie this season. Uh, I mean, he went in the top six of the draft, but and it's, it's the most unsexy pick. Anytime you pick a lineman, either offensive or defensive, people rarely get excited. But look at what he's been able to achieve. And I think all of the, the four across the line are either 44 or higher in terms of picks. And they have delivered. And Andrew Luck the, the good thing about coming back from the shoulder injury, he's not getting smacked an awful lot. He's getting sacked on average once per game, which is pretty good. Um, so J.J. Watt has got a lot of work to do. I think he's got 16 sacks himself this season, but they need to find a way to get it, Andrew Luck. If they don't, and that line holds, I think there's trouble in Texas.
0: I think there's there was a really key statistic came out as well about the Colts' D, which has been, for me, the biggest surprise of the whole season. They've been absolutely superb and I'm sure they've 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 not had a single 100 yard rushing player against them all season and you know they've come up against Ezekiel Elliott but they you know you were saying there about Andrew Luck getting back they need to get to him well the problem on the other side of the ball there is Deshaun Watson is getting sacked he needs to get rid of the ball quicker obviously another player coming back from injury has played well not sure he's quite back to the best that he was at the start of last season but certainly good enough to lead his team and take his side from worst to first um, is a great player but he was sacked six times the last time these two sides met um, so, you know, as much as the, the the defensive line need to get to Andrew Luck, the Texan offensive line need to look after their quarterback if they're going to give them any chance to win this game.
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, either quarterback could blow this game wide open. I don't think there's much doubt about that. They've both won at each other's stadiums this year, which is quite interesting as well. It'd be really unusual to have the away team winning three in a row, but the Colts went in there last month needing to win. And one, so there's nothing about the Energy Stadium that is going to particularly phase them, and that immediately robs the Texans of the advantage that home fields is uh, supposed to bring. And what we'll see when we talk about all four of these games is you can make a compelling case for any of the eight teams to win their game.
0: Yeah, you, and that I think
1: point. this this is going to be the best wild card weekend in ages because there's not a single game. Usually, there's one of the four. Sometimes two of the four that you think, yeah, okay, I'll watch that. I know it's going to be one-sided. You could argue anywhere. You could get a really good debate club out of this saying, you know, you tell me which team I have to pick and I will defend them and tell you why they're going to win. So if you ask me to defend the Colts and say why they would win, I'd be happy with that. If you gave me the Texans, I could make an equally compelling argument as well. And I think that's what's going to make it a great game.
0: Yeah, indeed. This is the first time that these two sides have ever met in the postseason as well. Um, obviously we talked over the record. The, the, the Colts certainly have the upper hand there, but you're talking about sides that have a bit of a disastrous wild card weekend and the Texans have been guilty of that themselves. Um, I'm trying to remember when it was. It was a couple of seasons ago. Um, they lost 30-0 to, was it the Chiefs in 2015? Yeah.
1: But were you not playing to <laughs> there's 726 choice by that particular point. Um, I think, you know, they absolutely got hammered and hammered and hammered. Uh, so it, it does happen. What you want is you want a decent game. You don't want to go home regretting anything. So, you know, one of these teams is going to go home. Give it their all. I think some of the, you know, I mean Frank Reich has been absolutely tremendous as a play caller this year so and then you've got to start to see well what's he got up his sleeve what's he kept so you have got to look for trick plays as well and and I think sometimes it's a little bit offhand to call them trick plays all plays are are fair plays for me you might be doing something unusual trickery I often think that's a little bit harsh on the fact that it's been drawn up by somebody it's been practiced it's not just something that's come on the hoof
0: no, indeed, and you know this is a good Texans team as well. We've got to remember that this is their second best ever regular season result. They did one better in 2012, where they went 12 and four, but 11 and five, their second best that year. 12 and four, uh, they went on and they beat the Bengals in the wild card, lost to the Patriots in the next round after that. Um, And it's amazing as well, when you look through the history, J.J. Watt's pretty much been Defensive Player of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year. Um, Walter Payne Man of the Year in 2017, he's always been there or thereabouts. And for me, I actually think if you're going to draw this down to one player, I think the one player um, who can influence this game more than anybody is going to be J.J. Watt. And I think if he has a game, the Texans will win. And if he doesn't, I think it's the Colts. I think it really is as tight as that.
1: Yeah, because J.J. Watt has the added advantage of being able to bring the crowd into it. Andrew Luck can silence them, yeah. but J.J. Watt can bring them in and get that energy and get that adrenaline going. So I think it's it's a really fascinating uh, game. There's no doubt about that. And if you do have Westwood One Radio, if you've got access, Mike Tirico and Brian Grease are calling the game. If you could sync that up, that might be the perfect way to go with it.
0: So I'm going to push you for a prediction then on this one. Who do you see winning it?
1: You know, my heart says the Colts own it, but my head says the Texans. And I've got in the, in the pick uh, section for the Texans, but if I want one team to advance here, it is the Colts.
0: And, you know, I think I really like the Texans. I've really enjoyed watching them. I think that, you know, they've got all, uh, options on attack. De'Andre Hopkins is definitely up there as one of the best wide receivers. I think that, you know, Miller can be a good running back. Obviously, he set a, an absolute blistering record for the Texans earlier in the season with his massive run. Um, but I see the Colts winning this. I just think the form's sitting with them, they come into this as a hot team. Um, and obviously, they've got the overall history over the Texans, so they know how to beat them. Um, Frank Reich, as well, is in a lot of conversations about, um, you know, Coach of the Year. And I think he's going to be even more so when the Colts go on and win this and progress to the next round. Up next, then, on Saturday night, we've got the 10-6 and 6 Seahawks at the 10-6 and 6 Dallas Cowboys. Um, Just some history to this one as well. These sides haven't met a huge amount of times in their history either. Um, It is 10-9 that the Cowboys lead in the series. So it's pretty close. Um, However, the Seattle Seahawks have won the last three in a row.
1: They're a strong team, Seattle. I think few people really expected uh, Pete Carroll to have them up and running so quickly. I think they were targeting more next season than this season. There's always expectations in Dallas and and Jason Garrett just quietly goes about his business and has managed to produce a winning team. They moved on from Des Bryant last year. They're not sensational in any one department for me apart from the running game with Ezekiel Elliott But Dallas at home should have the advantage on this one. However, you wonder would Dallas have been as effective if Washington hadn't lost not one but two quarterbacks this year? Washington were in a really good position when Alex Smith went down. You just wonder if that's changed things. And, you know, Dallas have taken a lift from it. And to me, the secret is give the ball to Ezekiel Elliott and see if he can get past the number one rush defense in the league. If they can do that, Dallas will win it. You don't want Seattle hanging around if you're a Dallas fan because Russell Wilson just has that ability with his legs, a bit like Lamar Jackson, which we'll talk about a little bit later, just to be able to make a play when you think you've got everything covered.
0: Now, Dallas obviously travelled to Seattle earlier this season and lost 24-13. On that day, the Seahawks were all over Dak Prescott. Um, You know, I think he he had a passer rating of 54.5 on the day and pretty much everything was going through Ezekiel Elliott. The big difference between then and now, and I think the one other contributing factor to the turnaround in the Cowboys season, other than the Redskins going down big, is the pickup of Amari Cooper, who has been an absolute, you know... What a transition he's gone through. Uh, He wasn't playing particularly well at the Raiders. We knew he was capable, but he just didn't seem to be going right. And it's worked out brilliantly for Cooper. It's worked out brilliantly for the Cowboys because it gives them the threat. It gives Dak someone to throw the ball to, which frees up that little bit more space for Ezekiel Elliott. Now, if the, you know, the Seattle front seven is probably one of the best in the league and they've played brilliantly again. So if they are going to challenge down and block Elliot and watch Dak Prescott for him running, well, now they've got to consider Amari Cooper as well. Because if they go all up and push in the face of Prescott, if he can get enough time with his offensive line, which is decent, to get the space, he can find threats like Amari Cooper downfield. So I think it'll be a very different game to what it was in September... However, the, Cow- uh, the the Cowboys, the, the Seahawks have been the surprise team for me this season more than any other. I thought that they would struggle. I thought that things would be difficult for them. But they've done what they've done over the last couple of years. And they've ground out results time and time again. And they fully deserve to be in the playoffs, into the world card. And actually, if you're looking at it, I would say off the two sides, they probably deserve it more to go on and progress to the next round.
1: Well, I think, I mean, Dallas are a really solid football team. They've been reasonably well built. They needed the receiver. You mentioned uh, they've got Amari Cooper. Sometimes it's just circumstance. And I think as fans and broadcasters, people sometimes forget that the human situation can make all the difference. If, you know, if Amari Cooper's family was unhappy out west, if they were he was unhappy just about going to work every day. And sometimes, and we've all been there, you know, we've applied for different jobs, we've gone somewhere else and all of a sudden what's held us back in a previous job has gone. We feel much better, we're much more energized. And I think that's what's happened with Amari Cooper. Add that to the, the, the linebacking. Leighton Van Der Esch, who, who got injured last week against the Giants, I thought they were lucky to get him back up and running. And Jaylon Smith, they've been really good. It's just all coming together in, in Dallas. But, you know, one thing that might count against them, Cameron, the sheer and utter weight of expectation that will be in that stadium for them to progress though is incredible.
0: Yeah, absolutely. A tough place. Expectations are high, and we've not seen the Cowboys have any kind of postseason relevance for a long time. Um, Seattle have been here. They've done it. They have kept a core of the players that have done it. And Russell Wilson, we know, is an X-factor. And again, we're talking about in the Texans-Colts game, we're looking for individual players that are going to make a difference. Let's be honest, Russell Wilson holds the key to this game more than any other player on the field, in my opinion. If he can find a way to scramble around, make time, and get the yards he needs to On the ground as well as through the air We know fine well that they could absolutely decimate That uh, that Cowboys defence You know, you're right, I think the linebackers Have been tremendous this year for the Cowboys Uh, I think that that, uh, Dallas Defence is strong, but if they go over The top of them, there's not an awful lot they'll be able To do about it, Um, plus as well Seattle seem to have a really Good run game, Carson's had A really good season, but they've got other Threats there as well, and Davis, and even Penny to an extent, Um, Russell Wilson On the ground can find yards uh, it's it, they really remain to be a very good team they're not that big smash mouth in your face defence that they once were but that's fine because they're scoring points on offence and points win prizes at the end of the day I think this is, a, this is either going to be one of those games that gets really bogged down by really high performing defences or it could be an absolute gun slaying show um, it could be an end to end slobber knocker and You know, the fact that it's in a noisy AT&T stadium could just add to this. I hopefully think it's going to be one worth staying up for in the UK for us guys.
1: Yeah, you get a yellow card for the gratuitous use of slobberknocker. Way too early in the playoffs for that kind of nonsense. Uh, Come on. Uh, My favourite stat, in fact, you know we love stats, I'd love to... See if anybody from NFL Research wants to to give me a job. I'll go and work there, and all, all you've got to do is go and find the most you know brilliant statistics and look. I could I could spend all day doing that. How about this? Super Bowl winning quarterbacks are eleven and one on wildcard weekend against quarterbacks without a playoff win. Woof! Now that tells you an awful lot, but you know. What's gone in the past doesn't necessarily indicate what's going to happen, but I just thought that was a particularly good start. And again, like the last game, you could say, Paul... You're going to pick Seattle, defend, tell me why they're going to win. Or you could give me Dallas. I can make a compelling case for both. And that's what I think makes this a great matchup. It's going to be called by Foxy's top team, uh, Messrs Buck and Aikman. And you just wonder how quickly it'll take for them to mention that Troy Aikman used to play for the Cowboys.
0: <laughs> I wonder how um, level and neutral that commentary will be as well. Could be interesting just to even hear that one out. Uh, Just before I push you for a prediction then on this one, just to mention that these two sides have only ever met once before in postseason. It was in the NFC wildcard game in 2007. That game was decided by a single point, the Seahawks winning 21-20 in Seattle. But Paul, who's winning this one?
1: Um, I don't really want to back against the home team. I've got plenty of friends in Dallas, so I better not back against them. So I'll, I'll take the home team in this one.
0: Uh, and obviously, I'm going to go the other way. This is going to be a trend, isn't it? Um, uh, I'm going to pick the Seahawks. You know, I, I've bemoaned their fortunes and luck throughout the season, and I think that's going to continue as well. I think that they remain to be one of the luckiest teams. I stand that you got to be in it to be lucky, to be even in with a shout, fine. But I just see them winning this one, and I think it will be on a... I think it will go down to the wire. I think it will be a play in the last two minutes. There will be something after the two-minute warning that will define this game, that will determine who wins it.
1: I hope it's a cracking game, but interesting what you said. You know, this could be an offensive fireworks or a really tight defensive game. I don't know what you prefer watching, but I don't mind a really sloggy, interesting defensive game where you think one big play on offence... Is going to win it. We've seen that a little bit in the, in the college football bowl. Some have, you know, been, you know, banging touchdowns at either end, but some have just been really stodgy in those ways. And I think that's great because you're just waiting for somebody to step up and make a play.
0: Yeah, I agree. I, I quite like a game like that. The only thing I would say is I'm not sure I like a game like that when I'm having to sit up at half past three in the morning. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure that that's going to keep me going. I think that. You know, over the years, the, the, the most recent Super Bowl, you know, I spent most of the time on my feet. And that uh, half past four came and went without me even blinking an eye. Um, I'm not sure if this is 3-3, three, three, half past three, that I'll still be necessarily as engaged as I was at the beginning. Um, but anyway, yes. So on to Sunday then. Uh, next up, it is the Baltimore Ravens um, and the LA Chargers at M&T Bank Stadium. Home advantage for the Baltimore Ravens. Um, Baltimore lead the series 7-5 as well. Um, never met in postseason history. So this is the first time. Um, not played each other an awful lot of times at all. Uh, the Ravens have won the last two as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, Philip Rivers killed me in fantasy against the Ravens with 2.34 points in my league for a quarterback, so I really should be upset with him. But I really like Phil Rivers. I'll put it on record, I want the Chargers to go back to San Diego. I really don't like them playing out of Los Angeles. Get them back there. But Philip Rivers has got the most completions, the most passings and the most touchdowns of any quarterback never to have been to a Super Bowl. I want to see this guy in a Super Bowl. Now, we've got a lot of Baltimore listeners. And don't get me wrong, I love this Baltimore team. They're strong, they're gritty. We've mentioned it before. We called the fact that Lamar Jackson was the steal of the draft for me. Absolutely no doubt about it. I think he's brilliant. And given the fact that even if he gets hurt, you've still got Joe Flacco there who's won a Super Bowl. So I think they've got the depth. What, what I think the Chargers can't afford to happen is for anything to happen to Philip Rivers.
0: Yeah. No, absolutely. Um, It's it's a fascinating game, this one. I I, I agree with you. It'd be really nice for Philip Rivers to make it to a Super Bowl. Feels like the one quarterback that deserves it. Um, If you're talking about current form, though, it's hard to argue against Lamar Jackson. Like you say, an absolute steal. Um, He's going to be the youngest quarterback to start a playoff game. Um, but, you know, the Ravens are 6-1 since he came in to replace Joe Flacco, and Flacco's back and finds himself fit and sitting on the bench, and rightly so. They've been a different team um, since, you know, it was week 11 that he took over, and since then I think the Ravens have the 6th best uh, offence in the NFL, and they're averaging 385 yards per game. That's not a Baltimore Ravens team that I'm used to watching. Certainly not under Flacco. It was always about the defence and then Flacco just did enough to get them by. This feels like a Ravens team that can destroy you on defence but then do the same on offence as well.
1: I think Joe Flacco will be playing elsewhere next year. I think a lot of people think that, perhaps even Jacksonville, because if he was to go down there and just do what he used to do in Baltimore, you know, they'd be a different team. Let's have a look at it though. If you're making your debut... In the playoffs, as Lamar Jackson is doing, if you go back the last eight years, if you're a rookie quarterback playing your first ever game in the playoffs, you're two and seven. Okay, so that's your scoreline. You have lost uh, seven times. You've won twice. And the only reason you've won twice is that those two victories came when rookie quarterbacks were playing each other Uh, TJ Yates against Andy Dalton in 2011 and Russell Wilson got the better of Robert Griffin III in 2012 experience 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 Philip Rivers has it in bucketfuls Um, Philip Rivers you could argue is probably of the age he actually could be Lamar Jackson's dad
0: (laughs) probably actually he's got enough children as well you never know
1: I think, is it's seven 7-1 more on the way? I yeah. think he's just good go for his own team. Um, so, good on Lamar Jackson. I think it'll be interesting to see what the pressure is like. I mean, if he thinks that a regular season game is tough, um, the pressure that will be coming with him, because, that you know, it's a national game again. You know, the window narrows. It's your only game in that time slot. It's a big, big game that people want to see. It's got the main CBS crew. It's been played on its own. On Sunday at five past one, so it's a big, big game. Will he do well? I think he will do well because he's shown already. He doesn't seem um, to get bothered by things. Uh, and if he can get some help, you know, you're looking at you know Kenneth Dixon can run. Um, you know that that that's a good thing for him. You know Jackson running back Gus Edwards they can run so they've got that threat on the ground melvin gordon has to get back to being melvin gordon yeah. on the chargers side so it's going to be very interesting i mean the Chargers got scalped i mean royally scalped by the ravens last time and history tells you that doesn't tend to happen in two meetings running because they see what people have done and get planning and, and go from there again it's, it's like the other two games we've spoken about you can argue for either team to win this one and even, you know, even that's allowing for home field advantage. Normally, in the wild card weekend, you run off the four home teams and you worry about, you know, moving on to next week. It's not the case here.
0: No, definitely not. Uh, interesting as well that two points on this one. The, f- the fact that the Chargers, okay, they got absolutely horsed from the Ravens. But the one advantage that they've now got coming into this game is they've already played them. They've come up against Lamar Jackson. So they kind of are a little bit informed this time. First time round, they were coming up against something new where there wouldn't be a lot of tape. uh, As the Ravens were sort of finding their groove, Lamar Jackson's confidence was on the way up. Um, Now they know what they're up against. Melvin Gordon limped off in the fourth quarter um, on Sunday, which isn't ideal. Um, But obviously they needed to keep pushing because they just never knew where they were going to end up. Um, Not ideal for that, but he comes back, he's probably going to be fit. And a really interesting one for me is Hunter Henry, who's obviously missed the whole season because he tore his ACL. He is likely to play. Um, I believe, this weekend. And that's a big bonus because he was a big player for the Chargers the season before. First time, though, that the Chargers have made the postseason since the 2013 season. So, you know, it's five years since they've even been in the postseason. They'll be hungry and they'll be wanting to go out there and win. They were a form team. They were brilliant to watch. They ran the Chiefs all the way. Uh, they could have well won that division. This is going to be, I think this is going to be probably the most entertaining of all the games. This, um, for me, is the one I'm most excited about watching just because goodness only knows what's going to happen here and I think you know we have talked about the the other two games are really close but this one as well really could fall down either side Um, and like you've said to the other ones you could tell me uh, you can make a case for either the Chargers for the Ravens and I'll absolutely buy into it no problem at all I think either side could win this one and I think it'll be a
1: thriller well rookies can make mistakes and experienced players can make mistakes as well and as and somebody's got a little bit of experience about them I've made a horrible mistake by arranging to play football at 5 o'clock oh. on Sunday so I won't actually get back till about 6.15 um, 6.20 so the game will just have started R- bad bad mistake throw you in one more stat before we move on to the final game since 1990 rookie quarterbacks are 1-4 in, in the playoff games when facing a quarterback with over 10 years of experience so that's what we're getting here a rookie against somebody who's playing with over 10 years experience do you know who that rookie was that won
0: oh i don't know joe flacco
1: you're absolutely spot on joe <laughs> flacco will be on the field uh on the sidelines. so he's been there and done it so he can say me i've done it
0: Who was I against
1: you know he's, he's done it he's been there
0: Hey, who was I against
1: um, that, that was a good question. NFL research
0: didn't go quite as far to tell me who that was. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out who it'd be. Um, right, one that we'll maybe add in later on because that's fascinating. Um, and I mean, I, I'm, I'm not going to claim any credit for that. That was a total guess. But that's the kind of stat that's written into these things, isn't it? So often you find a statistic like that, and it just ties in so nicely. There's times I think that the NFL's written by a writer. I swear. Um, <laughs> but yeah, right. Let's let's push you for a decision on this one, Phil. Who's
1: winning? Chargers, Chargers for me. Because I want to see Philip Rivers going to the Super Bowl. I'm going to ride the Chargers all the way here. I just think this this could be easier. I tell you what, I'll make another prediction though that a Baltimore led by Lamar Jackson will be in a Super Bowl before too long. (laughs)
0: Um, so I actually think that the Ravens might win this one. I've gone against you in every single one. Um, I don't know that I'll do that in the final game, but um, I think that the the wind is very much in the sails of the Ravens. And whilst the Chargers have been great all season long, the Ravens have just got a little bit of character to them. You know, even that game where they went out and took on the uh, the Chiefs and pushed them all the way. Now, ultimately, came down to a great play by Mahomes that you know sealed that game for them. But um, if Lamar Jackson can keep his head screwed on and not panic and not do anything too risky because this Chargers defence can punish that big time, um, if he keeps his head about him and the fact that he's at home is a big advantage to that, I think that the Ravens will sneak this one and I think it'll be another close one. I think it'll be won by um, a single score. Um, It will be seven points or less for sure. Okay, on to the final game then, and it is the Chicago Bears uh, hosting the Philadelphia Eagles. Chicago Bears lead this series 29-14 with one tie. They've met each other in the postseason on three different occasions. So they have seen each other before. That's not necessarily a surprise. Looking through, the last time they met in the postseason was 2012, where the Eagles won 33-19. Before that, the Bears won 22. to 12 in 1988 and the first time they met in the postseason was 1979 when the Eagles
1: won 27-17 I mean it is quite amazing I mean the Eagles, we saw them in New Orleans, did they look like a playoff team to you?
0: No, nowhere near
1: So I mean it is quite amazing therefore that that, that actually happened that they've got there and I think it says a lot for them and, and how the fact that they've come back and had a look and got themselves together and I think they present a really interesting challenge for the Bears this one looks like it should be the easiest one to call do you think it is
0: Uh, do you know what it should be the easiest to call and everything about me says that the Bears are going to win this um, you know the twelve and four bears up against the nine and seven eagles that scraped into the postseason largely down to Nick Foles, who once again came in at the end of the season and did really well and ground out the results that they needed to grind out. Um, the bears do have a couple of injuries. Um, Anthony Miller dislocated his shoulder; he is expected to play. So will Taylor, Gabriel, and Alan Robinson. But I'm not sure that any of those three are going to be 100. percent Safety Eddie Jackson is going to be missing probably. Um, So the defence isn't quite as strong. Now, obviously, Khalil Mack's been an absolute master signing of the season. Should be in conversations for not just defensive, but even player of the year. I think he's been brilliant. Um, But there's just this little asterisk now next to Nick Foles at this time of year in the postseason. What he did last year was phenomenal. And already you look at the performances of someone like Alshon Jeffrey, who when we saw them in New Orleans, even when I saw them at Wembley, They just didn't look like they were doing it on offense at all. They didn't really have much of a run game. They weren't doing it through the air. It just was a bit disappointing all round. Suddenly, they look dangerous again. And I think that's down to Nick Foles. I think that's harsh on Carson Benson. I don't think he's been 100% fit. He's not quite got back into his groove. Um, And Foles has just stepped up and done it. Now, the only question mark around him, of course, is that he's got a bit of a rib injury that he picked up last week as well, but was very quickly declared fit and that he will be 100% um, is what Doug Peterson suggested, I'm not so sure.
1: Well, I mean, he's the top passer <coughs> rated in the postseason in the last five or ten years. First quarterback in his first of our four playoff games to have a 100-plus passer rating. That is really, really impressive. You know, I always think a dangerous person is somebody that's got absolutely nothing to prove. Now, last season, Nick Foles. we know the story, He came forward, came through, led his team, you know, Super Bowl ring, you name it, you know, the Philly special. He's done it. There is absolutely, in a personal sense, I know he'll want to do it again, but he's done it. He has the ring. Therefore, he can relax. If he does it again, great. If he doesn't, hey, he's done it already. And I think these people are so dangerous to play, uh, the ones that, You know don't really have that expectation the bears that bears crowd are expecting them to beat the eagles i think they think they're the favorites of all the teams that are going to go there um i mean the eagles face a daunting task on the road you know chicago's 7-1 soldier field in 2018 you know they've played well they've turned it around they've got the best defensive player as you mentioned um but it's great but I've given you a couple of stats, but I like this one as well. Super Bowl winning quarterbacks are nine and one against quarterbacks making their first ever playoff start in the wild card round. So, on that sense, you know, Nick Foles has got the advantage. But Mr. Trubisky's played a couple of years now. I think I think he's getting a little bit smarter about things.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and I think that um, he's going to be an important player for them. He's uh, he needs to play well. The, the Eagles have a little bit of momentum now, and I think momentum is as important as anything. Um, the, the Bears still had that really good win against the Vikings. Uh, the Vikings, who were very much playing for something, and the Bears, who weren't really playing for anything other than pride. Um, but they kept things going. Um, you know, there was lots of chat about taking players out of the game. They didn't really do that, even though there was injuries. Uh, so... Two hot teams coming into this. I can't see past the Bears, though. I just can't. I, I, I totally agree. I think that the story's brilliant. I think that it's so hard to argue against some of that stuff. But the Bears have just been so impressive all season long. And every time where I've questioned whether they can do it or not, they've done it. So I just see them carrying that on. Um, I think that it's a, it's a huge, huge uh, game for Mitch Trubisky. But this could really be the game where he steps forward to prove that he's a, a top quarterback, and he could, in theory, lead his team all the way to the final.
1: I think he just needs to manage the game and make no errors. Let the defense do the job. You know, Bears finished the 2018 regular season. They're first in scoring defense, first in takeaways, first in interceptions, they're third in sacks. Their turnover differential is plus 12. Mitchell Trubisky, as long as he manages himself, doesn't make any stupid throws, doesn't turn the ball over. If he game manages, which is a horrible phrase, if he does that, I think the defence will lead them there.
0: So who have you got winning this one, then?
1: Uh, I'm going with the Bears at home.
0: Yeah, I'm going to have to go with the
1: Bears as well.
0: So there you have it. That concludes things for our World Card Preview. Uh, four cracking games. Um, make sure that you get out there and watch them, uh, whether it be at home or whether you're heading out and about. Um, we obviously are going to recommend that you head along to sponsors of this podcast, the Golf Tavern in Edinburgh, Or if you're in Glasgow, head along to Committee Room 9. If you're in Aberdeen, it's the illicit still. Um, Get along there and watch the games. But the Golf Tavern, definitely a place to head to in Edinburgh. And speaking of, Paul, we've got another live event lined up for the 20th of January for Championship Sunday.
1: So looking forward to it. Championship Sunday is always a very special Sunday. I think a lot of us have got our own traditions around the Super Bowl, but the Championship Sunday, you know, you tend to scratch about a little bit. So, uh, in conjunction with the Golf Tavern, we're going to have a night. We're going to start at half six. We're going to run for about an hour and a quarter. Uh, we've got a couple of guests lined up. We're working on more. There'll be quizzes. There'll be information. We'll try and show a few uh, clips of the season. And it's all going to be fantastic fun.
0: Yeah, there'll be food. There'll be drink. There'll be plenty of NFL fans there. As Paul says, there will be uh, quizzes. There'll be Loads of prizes available to win on the night. Uh, Tickets will be on sale at the point where this podcast comes out, so make sure that you check out our our Twitter and Facebook feeds for that. Uh, And we hope that we get another bumper crowd along as well. The the event that we did for week one was brilliant. We had over a 100 people there on that event, uh, and what an atmosphere it was as well for the whole night.
1: It was brilliant, it was a really good event, uh, you know some of the guys from the Edward Wolves came along and we were just really well supported and it was brilliant just to go around the room talking to everybody, you know, come along wear your jersey, show show the team you support, even if it's the Bucks, we don't mind, um, just come along <laughs> and just have a little bit of fun, I'll, I'll have to apologise to the Bucks fan who, you know, because of course they, they beat the Saints in week one, uh, <laughs> Despite us taking the mickey at them for most of the time. So, now come along and have a chat. Genuinely, it's a really good event.
0: So moving on from that, any other news items uh, sparking your interest? The one I think I want to talk about is Antonio Brown and what you make of the situation with Brown. There seems to be a whole load of mixed messages coming out, but I think underneath all of this is definitely that there is unrest in Pittsburgh. Um, It's not just Levy and Bell. Uh, Antonio Brown, if reports are to be believed, has got a problem with quarterback Ben Roethlisberger who, interestingly enough, we discussed this on another podcast, came out and criticised Antonio Brown on, I think, a radio station Um, and obviously we said you know, we don't know the relationship he obviously feels comfortable enough to be saying these things perhaps that relationship wasn't as strong as he thought it was and perhaps he shouldn't have been saying those things
1: somebody's the problem so you can't take your two best players out with your quarterback Bell didn't play a snap had no intention of playing a snap and Antonio Brown didn't play in the final week there's, there's something far wrong there. So it's either your quarterback or your coach, because you're going to narrow it down to one of one of those two. And if Big Ben's the problem, do you get rid of Big Ben? Because, you know, Bell and Brown might have more years left in them. Um, at the moment, it's all about who can leak stuff to the press, who can get their version of the story out, and who to believe at the moment i think the only conclusion you can draw is they are dysfunctional at this stage and that's very unusual for a Steelers organization you know they've got a habit of standing by the coaches standing by their players fairly even keel they've got a great fan base uh i don't think what's what's helped them in the last couple of years is ben roethlisberger talking about possibly retiring i never think that's a clever thing and they might just be thinking well We're not sure your heart's in it. We want to get to the Super Bowl. We want to win more. We're not sure that you do.
0: Indeed. We even need to remember as well, if you go back to before the season, we'd obviously heard about Ben Roethlisberger talking about retiring again, but then he was complaining about them uh, drafting Mason Rudolph. And there was all the chat there where his toys will and truly came out the pram. Now, there was a line came out afterwards that he was kidding about it. But you're right, there's definitely a problem in Pittsburgh. Um, I think that it's very easy to blame Antonio Brown on the outset because he is the one who appears to be saying that he's done and looking to walk away. As a 49er fan, I've been particularly pleased with some of the rumours already. You know, we've seen George Kittle and Richard Sherman reach out to Antonio Brown, and Antonio Brown respond in a positive way. So uh, would I have Antonio Brown in San Francisco? Oh, yeah. Oh yes Um, The only thing I would say to that Is I've also seen a rumour about um, The chances that Odell Beckham uh, Perhaps ending up in San Francisco That there was real interest from the Niners About trading for him last year And that that might come back round again This year If you start to then offer me Antonio Brown Or Odell Beckham That's become slightly more complicated But I'll be perfectly honest I'll take either of them Gladly Um, I'll take them both if the cap can stretch it I don't think it can but um, yeah you know there's going to be a whole of the teams just going would I take Antonio Brown absolutely I would Um, but whether or not that makes sense for the Steelers to trade him away I don't know that that will happen I think it's too big a player and if they were to lose Brown and Bell that's a big loss and I think you'd see Roethlisberger retire at that point because he's surely not going to be thinking "Oh, I can win now Um, so it could be the wheels coming off big time there
1: What I think they might do is they might listen to offers from somebody who's got a top 10 pick and look at investing in their quarterback of the future, although it's not a very heavy quarterback draft. We know that coming out couple of things just before we go Cameron Kerry Collins I think was the player that Joe Flacco beat he was with Tennessee they beat them 13-10 um, in good the,
0: research in Joe well Flacco. done
1: so there you go a <laughs> little bit of googling going on there um, the Falcons have fired offensive coordinator Steve Sarkeesian I don't think that comes as any great surprise Dirk Cotter the ousted coach of the Tampa Bay Bucks. May well be in there. I thought there was a lovely tweet from the daughter of Dirk Cotter just saying how proud she was of her dad. Didn't matter what the Tampa Bay Bucks thought. You know, he prepared every game. He worked hard. It was really quite a nice little thing. And just to finish, what about the five teams who, if asked, cannot say no to hard knocks?
0: Yes. Now, it's a fascinating. You might like one. This.
1: Well, you might like this.
0: I've already seen that the Niners are one of them and that they've said they absolutely want nothing to do with hard knocks.
1: Well, they can't say no. This is the thing. You can only say no if you're a playoff team or if you've got a new head coach. Therefore, there are five teams in the NFL that cannot say no, and I think there's all great storylines in here. The Raiders, we'd love oh. that. You know, homeless with John Gruden, they could end up anywhere. That would be brilliant. The 49ers, a team on their eyes, quarterback coming back. The Redskins are in there. So too are the Giants. Would you love wow. the Giants with Odell Beckham, Barkley, everything swirling around Eli Manning, especially if the Giants draft a quarterback? And the Detroit Lions as well, Matt Patricia's lot are also on the, the block. So And they can't say no. You can say you don't want, but you cannot say no.
0: Yeah, and I, 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 the only hope that the Niners have is that the Raiders' story and that the Giants' story are more tasty. And I think that it will be interesting if the Giants do draft a quarterback. I think it could very much end up in New York. But my, the favourite's got to be the Raiders. Like you say, Homeless, Gruden, Mike Mayock then in charge. Surely that's written. That's going to be... The the question mark Asterix Raiders because we goodness only knows what's going to precede that. Um the Raiders will be the um hard knocks team of twenty nineteen.
1: Well I can exclusively reveal that Moneyfield have made an approach, so we are looking at the Edinburgh Raiders for next year. <laughs> I would uh, here, here first.
0: I, I would take that a hundred percent. I'd go and watch them every week. It'd be brilliant.
1: You would, I hey, I'm I'm on play by play.
0: Brilliant. Right, well, that concludes everything then for episode 34. We hope you've enjoyed listening as we would again love to hear your feedback, good and bad. Make sure that you follow us on Twitter at ScotlandNFL and on Facebook www.facebook.com forward slash Scotland NFL.
1: Keep listening, keep sharing, keep chatting about the podcast. Thanks to everybody who said lots of nice things to us, to the NFL uh, UK account earlier in the week that was really good. We've really enjoyed growing the podcast with you All our NFL friends are welcome here. Continue to let us know what you think.
0: Make sure that you buy your tickets to join us for Championship Sunday at the Golf Tavern in Edinburgh. It's going to be a great event. Check out our Twitter feed and Facebook page for all the latest ticket information.
1: We'll be back again next week to review all the wildcard action. I'll be looking ahead to the next round of fixtures as we get down to the final eight teams. But until then, enjoy your football. Bye for now.